Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. Hello and welcome back to the Revitalize and Grow podcast. I'm Jenny and today I am joined by Jasmine and Kira and uh, we are going to be talking about creating an award-winning campaign. Um, so now in the past, we've done episodes on planning, we've done episodes on writing award entries and how to write really good award entries, but not really with any example. So we thought we'd combine the two and go through how we planned a brilliant campaign, if we do say so ourselves, um, that was <laughs> went on to win multiple awards. So, um, you know, we definitely had to know how to create the award entry that that it won. So um, the campaign in question that we are going to talk about today um, is with our longstanding client, Heli Hansen, and their strategic partner, the RNLI. Um, As we go through this, I think, and we talk about how we planned this campaign, uh, the good news is the the planning side of things, um, very much you need the same kind of key information as you would for an award-winning campaign and to enter an award. The awards will ask you for the same information. I said that in a really garbled roundabout way, but hopefully that made sense. What you need for your award entry is what you need to plan a really good campaign. Um, So that will be things like the challenge, objectives, what the budget was, um, the key idea, the research and planning, the strategy, um, and then the delivery of your tactics, and then most importantly, the the measurement side and and the impact of your campaign. So as I say, and I will eventually let Jasmine and Kira talk, um, (laughs) as I said, said, we are going to um, go through our campaign called Life Jacket Stories with Heli and the RNLI. Now, um, this was a campaign that we needed to put together. So as part of their partnership with Heli and the RNLI, um, we support the RNLI with uh, spreading the word, spreading their messaging around water safety. Um, so we needed to, um, as part of our objectives, we needed to um, raise awareness of the partnership itself. But one of the key things that the RNLI were struggling with um, and the stats they had were that people of all age groups really, but tends to be older people were not wearing life jackets when they were out on the water. Um, But there wasn't always necessarily a reason why. So we knew people weren't wearing life jackets. We knew that when the RNLI had to launch and go and rescue people in the water, generally it's when they weren't wearing a life jacket. Um, And we needed to help educate those groups, those all those different age groups around why you should wear a life jacket. Um, was a goal of sort of changing those attitudes, as well as driving awareness around the partnership itself and to help support them on their May Day fundraising campaign. Um, So those were our objectives. We had sort of some quite clear objectives and quite clear challenges that we needed to um, address for the online. Um, And as I say, we we knew that 
people weren't wearing life jackets, but what we didn't know was why they weren't wearing them. So the first thing we did um, as ADPR is commissioned a survey to kind of find those behaviours, um, exactly why people weren't wearing them. Um, I think I've probably garbled enough about that section in terms of <laughs> what our objectives was, the key challenge, um, and that survey element. So before you get totally bored of me talking, I will hand over to Jasmine and Kira, who will talk us through a little bit more about what we did next um, for the campaign. Go, go ladies. So as Jenny said, we started off by commissioning a PR survey um, and then basically built a campaign around that. So our campaign wasn't one dimensional. It wasn't just the PR survey and doing a sell-in. It showed integrated thinking across different channels and different audiences. So once we had commissioned the survey and got the results, from there we drafted the press release um, and from there we built more elements around it. So We started off by devising a series of real life stories from people who had been saved by the RNLI um, thanks to their life jackets. So um, the RNLI put us in touch with three case studies who um, otherwise may not have survived if they weren't wearing a life jacket at the time of their rescue. From there, we got in touch with them and confirmed that they were happy to be involved. And we worked with a local videographer to um, basically go and film them telling their story and telling us why they feel that the life jacket saved their life. Um, Those were videos for the media, for Heli's channels, for their website, for their blog, for their social media. Um, And that just helped to bolster the PR survey and to basically add a human element as to why life jackets are so important. Mm. And it was quite important for us, wasn't it, to to not seem patronising the whole campaign. It was really important, wasn't it? That it wasn't, you know, it was speaking to people on a very human level, sort of not lecturing people about wearing life jackets, but actually just in a positive way, showing the impact of people when you wear a life jacket, actually your survival rate is is much higher rather than going through the sort of um, more negative or sad stories of of people who lose their lives. We went for that positive angle instead, which was really important both for the RNLI, wasn't it, and for Heli and for the whole, you know, and we knew the audience would buy into that. I know that Heli now and the RNLI actually, they still use those videos today and that's, you know, years on. And um, the RNLI especially use it in their training sessions and um, training their volunteers and things like that and the workshops and clinics that they do. So um, those videos from that campaign have longevity and Mm. a kind of evergreen content that both Heli and the RNLI can use for however long they see fit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And to add to what Jasmine was just saying about the survey that we commissioned to reveal the truths uh, behind the habits of UK voters, as well as the life jacket story videos that we created for Kelly Hansen's channels, so website and social media, uh, with those real life stories of those who have actually been rescued by the RNLI, um, wearing their life jacket and the difference, life changing difference that that made for them. 
um, the third section of the campaign and strategy that we implemented was a photo opportunity and a bit of a stunt. So this was all around the UK um, and we picked the locations based off of common landmarks of statues. So famous statues that were near the coast in common areas where there were quite a few RNLI callouts. Um, so these were in six locations across the country in London, Margate, Crosby, Whitby, Seahouses and Cork. So we joined local photographers there and for the photo stunt, we brought some fit for purpose, um, Kelly Hansen life jackets and placed them onto the statues. Just a quick side note in there that we had had approval from all of the councils <laughs> before doing this. We wouldn't just <laughs> go and put outfits on uh, statues without permission. <laughs> you make it sound really simple, Kira. I'm gonna I'm gonna big up for you guys as the team and the, yeah, the yeah, team at Helly Hansen as well because there was yeah all the permissions. So as Kira said, it was really based on um, the areas that the RNI had supplied that were regions that had a lot of call outs for people who fell into the water without life jackets on. Um, so there was yeah, getting all the permissions you guys had to do to, to be able to dress the statues. You had to get all the measurements so that each of those statues had very bespoke life jackets that were created for them by the Helly Hansen design team. Um, and then, well, then you had to go and dress them, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, Which was so we were... Pretty much traveling, yeah, across the country, all the way up to Ireland. And if you know us, we're from Somerset based uh, in the southwest of the UK. So, yeah, we were here, there and everywhere, the whole team. But it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> a lot to do, but lots of fun. Lots of people as well when we were dressing them in the uh, life jackets and getting that content with a local photographer uh, that we partner with. Um, to help capture that content, there was lots of feedback from people walking along the streets, really intrigued as to what that message was. And then following this, uh, we received edited imagery and with those survey results, uh, combined this into a press release, as Jasmine mentioned, with those key statistics, really linking back to Helly Hansen's key messages, the RNLI's key messages, the goals for the season and their strategic partnership goals with each other as well. Um, and in that press release uh, of the survey results and those lovely images that we got all across the UK of this photo shoot stunt, um, we then issued and had a dedicated sell-in to national media, marine media, so very specialist um, sailing titles, as well as the regional locations of which those RNLI um, spots that were under quite a lot of pressure and did have a lot of call-outs for people who weren't wearing life jackets um, in those regional locations that we did that photo shoot opportunity. And it was very, very successful, um, incredibly so, in fact. So we do have some quite nice stats about the reach. So <laughs> in that media relations outreach, we secured a total of 35 pieces of coverage. So as mentioned, this is across national titles. So a BBC interview uh, stock was secured with Helly Hansen. Um, and then further to that, we had lots of coverage, as said, across nationals, regionals and specialist marine media. And that generated a total circulation of over 14 million. So 
uh, was very far and wide, made a lot of noise for the brand and yeah, generated some great results in line with both the RNLI and Helly Hansen's mission. So also a very happy client. <laughs> yes. Yes, they were. And as we said, we um we did win a few awards for the campaign as well, including the business charity partnership award, which was which was great. And I think um as we say it was a a really good example in terms of it being award winning and how we could we could really prove each section couldn't we as we planned the campaign when we were entering those awards we could really prove that we had some solid objectives a really good strategy in planning we had some good creative tactics you know there were there was a lot of creativity behind it um and then we were able to measure not only what Kira's mentioned there in terms of the reach and the engagement online. Um, but we were able, hand in hand with the RNLI and Heli, to be able to look at um, spikes in fundraising and then year on year helping the RNLI reduce those call outs, um, which, of course, sometimes, and this campaign's from a, it's from a few years ago now, isn't it? A couple of years, but more than that. I think you did all that. I think. Oh, it was it was a while, but we were able to then sort of see what those results were a bit further down the line. And I think that's what made it a really strong, well, a strong campaign and a strong award entry. You had a good quote, didn't you, from Jasmine, from a judge? Um, yeah, so just the judges, um, their comments were that Helly Hunt's in the RNLI's campaign for delivering exceptional results were clearly defined targets as well as introducing progression and wider partnership working. So that was their comments as to why Helly and the R&L I won the um, mm-hmm. Business Charity Award. Mm. And then for one of our other awards, they said our life jacket statue element was genius, didn't they? Which is always uh, <laughs> a nice compliment. They said, well, we are geniuses. It's what we do. Um, but it was... It was I think, and for people listening who want to want to know about, you know, particularly creating campaigns, they don't have to be big campaigns. Mm-hmm. This was quite a big, this was a lot of work, wasn't it? Was it? it was a relatively <laughs> big campaign. There was a lot of blood, sweat and tears that went into it. It doesn't always have to be this big. It can be much, much simpler. But the, the real key there is going back to what Jasmine said, the comments for the judges were, which is, really clear objectives and targets something you know knowing the audience and knowing how you're going to reach them and and the measurement element if you can't measure and show the impact that your campaign has had you'll find it really difficult to compete against other people entering the same award that are likely to have that kind of information so it's really important and of course you can't measure if you haven't got those objectives in there in the first place so Mm -hmm. It's important to do that. I think it's also important to try and think outside of the box as well. Um, We're bombarded by so many different brands and messages and things like that. So I think that's probably why this campaign in particular stood out because, you know, not every day do brands dress statues um, (laughs) in life jackets. And I think, but also... I, I wasn't involved when the initial brief came in, but I can't imagine you guys sat down and thought, okay, well, we want this to be award-winning. How can we make it award-winning? That mm-hmm. wasn't ever kind of a first thought. Um, all the other elements came first. And then after it had all been done, we thought, oh, well, actually, 
we thought this one went pretty great and yeah. you know, we'll see how see how it gets on. Yeah, we're pretty proud of this one. This one can, yeah, <laughs> we will we will use, but absolutely. And that's, as we sort of said at the beginning, the good news is, you know, if you want to be winning awards, if that's one of the things that you as a business you want to do because awards and go back to what, listen to, we do have a dedicated episode on awards and actually sort of filling them in and some great tips. Um from our colleague Leah, who is like the queen of creating <laughs> award entries. Um, but it, the good news is, is that if you're planning your campaigns correctly, then you automatically have got all the information you need to create a really great award entry. And that doesn't necessarily mean a communication award. That can be equally, you might be looking at a business award, it might be a staff engagement award, you should still be starting with those challenges, objectives, you know, your strategy, how you're working, you know, how you're going to implement it, what tactics you're going to implement, and you're measuring those smart objectives, which means you've got that measurement. So it doesn't have to be a communications campaign, but it um, is in an external one that we've been talking about, but it does mean, yeah, if you're doing it right, and it should encourage you to do it right, if you're thinking you want to be award winning, then it, you know, they will ask, those entries will ask for all of that information and it really helps with your planning. Um, but yeah, as Jasmine said, we didn't go out thinking, right, we need to come up with something award winning. We just thought we need to create something amazing for, <laughs> for Heli and the <laughs> RNLI. Um, and it was, thanks mm. to lots of, lots of planning, <laughs> lots and lots of hard work. And like I said, you made it sound so simple when you reeled it off then, Kim. You're like, you know, I'm Jasmine, you're like, we created a few videos, we uh, did a survey and then dressed some statues. Maybe we should add that it was probably like two years in the making, wasn't yeah. it, I think? Yeah. So it wasn't a quick thing to do. And there yeah. was, when we were looking for the statues, there was a lot of looking on Google Maps and Street View to find yeah. these statues. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was all worth it, though. It was good. Exactly. We've we've made it. So, but then, hey, isn't that what we do is we make it look easy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I Thing. Is there anything else um, you two think we haven't covered in that? I don't think so. No. Um, if, I mean, if anybody wants to hear, I mean, we do have, we've got a case study on this on our website, don't we, if anybody wants to read a little bit more about it or go and have a look at those Life Jacket Stories videos um, on YouTube via sort of Heli or the r and they are, they are really good, mm-hmm. if we do say so ourselves, but they are, like, <laughs> they are really good to watch. Um, if you want to know any more, then please do drop us a line if you want any advice on either planning campaigns or, you know, if you feel like you've got something really good, but you're not sure how to turn it into a great award winning campaign or how to sort of enter those awards and fill in those applications, because sometimes they are a bit daunting. Um, please do reach out to us. You can reach us via social or you can email us at hello at adpr.co.uk. See you next time.